Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Red Sox hot stove edition of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. It's actually going to be half Red Sox, and then we're going to get into some of the Carlos Correa debacle uh, going on in the, uh, you know, with his physicals and where he might stand with the Mets. But first half, we're going to discuss some Chris Sale rumors that were uh, basically surfaced about 24, 48 hours ago for the listening audience uh, via a John Heyman tweet. So we'll be getting into that. Two co-hosts with me this time, which is an improvement from last show where I had none, <laughs> did the whole show uh, solo, fighting a uh, relentless cough uh, as I got through it. Uh, but uh, first host, uh, Charlie Smith, joining us from a land far, far away, still down in the country of Brazil. So how's that treating you, Charlie? Uh, it's been good. We're going to be getting uh, about a week's worth of rain coming up. So it's our rainy season, but uh, it was a very warm Christmas. No complaints. You know, 80 degrees is a lot better than what New York just experienced. So for those in New England, I'm hoping that you're all okay. Um especially New York, because that was unheard of. Um, just everything that I was reading and seeing, there were a lot of people that have gotten sick, were missing, and unfortunately passed. So uh, thankful that I'm experiencing, you know, good weather, but also very sorry for those that have, uh, you know, unfortunately succumbed to just crazy weather. It was a brutal Arctic blast for sure. So I think that's mostly behind us. I think the whole eastern seaboard, even as far north as Maine, is going to experience uh, some very warm weather in the coming days. So I think people will uh, embrace that. It got uh, to exactly zero with the wind chill down here in Myrtle Beach. So <laughs> palm trees, zero degrees was uh, quite the quite the experience. But uh, also, real quick, Charlie, is is Christmas big in Brazil? Like, is it like every house has a Christmas tree? Like, the biggest holiday that we have is Carnival. Like, that's the biggest one that we have, Mardi Gras, essentially. Um, that's like the big, big, big one. Everything else doesn't really matter. Everything else is second. You know, you have to think about the high holy days. So anything that's like a major Catholic holiday, those are big. Okay. Um, but Fourth do- of July, no one cares about, obviously. Right. Yeah, <laughs> have here. Thanksgiving? No, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, so they probably don't have a Memorial Day either. But, um, but is it? Do towns go all out with like Christmas lights and and stuff, or is it not? It's not really something that we're we're crazy focused on. Like that's that's not really our thing. Our our big holiday is 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 the big festival every year. Like that's okay. something people go all out for. It's like people ask, you know, do you guys get excited about sports? Hell yeah. Every four years, we go all out. Even if the World Cup isn't in our country, we're still going balls to the wall. And uh, in 2014, that was essentially like a one-month-long Christmas when World Cup was held in Brazil. And unfortunately, Brazil was unceremoniously just pieced apart by Germany. We lost 7-1 to at home on our field. It was awful. Um, and Argentina ended up losing to, to Germany in that World Cup. But that's that, that's like the, the bigger holidays. Like Sporting events are bigger holidays, depending on, on what's going on, because that's what we live for so carnival would be the the biggest holiday of the year it's like our i think for the united states i think it's a, a toss-up between christmas or thanksgiving for the biggest holiday of the year oh i definitely think it's christmas the build-up so. and yeah i would say 
Also joining us tonight, coming off the bench for the first time in, I, I think, a few months, but Nick Face is with us. How are you? Hey, guys. Merry Christmas. Hope everybody's doing well. Really appreciated the message and happy to jump in and be a part of this fantastic show. <laughs> well, we're certainly glad to have you. It's nice to have an authentic uh, Boston voice on the on the show. We do get compliments uh, for that when you're when you're on. They're like, "Wow, he just oh, he, he sounds so Boston," and uh, I'm like, "Yeah, he does more Eat, than sleep and breathe it." And every single <laughs> one of us, well, except for I guess Cody, we are at one point we're native New Englanders, you know. So, but you you uh, you no, got you the... know it. Sometimes it has its ups and sometimes it has its downs. <laughs> it does. Yeah, that's why I left actually, but. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, all right. So, as I kind of teased in the uh, intro, John Heyman, who who has had some doozies this winter, and some of our audience knows to take what he says with a grain of salt, uh, tweeted out on Christmas Day that the Red Sox are listening on offers for Chris Sale. And and they also added because their rotation is an area of depth, which is hilarious. Like number five depth, like what kind of a depth? What kind of depth? But anyway, so Charlie, we'll uh, we'll lead you off. I mean, I think Bloom would jump at the chance to free up that money if he can, or as much of that money as he can. Um, do, does it make sense? Is that something you would support? So it it absolutely would make sense if you are um, high in bloom. This is somebody who has really been struggling to to stay healthy. Chris Sale in the last four years from 2019 to 2022 has 11 total wins, which is an insane statistic when you think about someone that cannot stay healthy. Put that in tune with 2017 alone. 2017, he had 17 wins through 300 strikeouts at 214 innings of work. In the last four years, he is 11 and 13 with 195 innings pitched, 275 total strikeouts, and quite possibly the most embarrassing way to end a season as a member of the Boston Red Sox. It is getting incredibly and increasingly more difficult to make a case for Chris Sale. I still like Chris Sale. I want to believe that 2023 will be different. But this is somebody who's going to be 34 years old if he's not already 34. He's really, really close to it. So, I mean, if you're high in bloom, why not continue shedding? I mean, we're not we're not pretending that we're going to be crazy contenders in the AL East. You can't say, oh, yeah, we got uh, Justin Turner, we got Kenley Jansen, and we got a couple of relievers and say, oh, yeah, we got ourselves an all-star squad. We lost Xander Bogarts. We lost a major bat in the lineup. We still haven't re-signed Rafa Devers. Uh, Devers is going to be a Red Sox next year no matter what. The question is, will it continue past 2023? That really remains to be determined. But Chris Sale is, is an Emily when said, but, you know, he, he's going to be he's going to be leaving Boston because it was an area of depth. I must be missing something because I don't know what area of depth we're, we're, we're watching. We have three healthy starters. We still have a bunch of other pitchers that we haven't re-signed. Uh, I'd be shocked if our team even remotely does close to what we did last year. 
we lost a major bat. Some of our pitchers aren't there. We still don't know where we're going to go with our other rotation uh, members. You just have to pray that Chris Sale can do what he's going to do because he's still owed a significant amount of money over two years. And if a team's going to take on Chris Sale, they're probably going to ask that the Red Sox pay five to ten million per year to take them, you know, take him off our hands. I I personally don't want to lose Chris Sale because I love Chris Sale, but I know that I'm thinking with my heart and not my head and emotions over overrule reason here. And I know that I'm probably going to be in the in the minority here as well. Nick, thoughts? What what would you like to see? Um, uh, you know, as this hopefully uh, you know continues to develop. Well, I do want to actually. I don't know if you guys heard the rumor or not, but Chris Sale for uh, Christmas morning. I guess his family gave him a bicycle helmet and body armor, and I am taking that as something very hopeful. Because I don't think he fell off his bike today or yesterday. So I think we're maybe over the curve here, which means I'm actually going to be a little hopeful on this. I actually am not wanting to get rid of Sale. I think it would be a foolish move on the Sox part. As much as he's been a head case and a basket case and whatever kind of case you want to mention in this, you need him. You need him. You, you don't even have a Nate Evaldi. You don't have a Michael Walker. You're putting a lot of eggs in that basket with uh, Brian Bayo right now, and I'm not confident on that yet. At least you have somewhat of a track record with a pitcher who has at least proven it, helped you win a World Series, whether it was closing out the Dodgers in 2018. This is a guy you need if there's going to be any sort of hope for this very questionable upcoming 2023 season. So I, I'm not the biggest fan of John Heyman. I'm just going to throw it out there right now. I think the guy's an absolute loon. And I think Scott Boris is in his back pocket. I think he gets all that information directly from him to spew the nonsense, to get them talking and be a mouthpiece for Boris basically. So this I'm sure came directly from Boris or some sort of agent that's out there that's trying to just get this rumor out there to get something kind of situated with something to make a story out of nothing. Well, for those in the audience that want Chris Sale to be traded, I guess I'm your voice. Um, I'm a huge proponent of it. Uh, an example that I gave during the season, I don't think this will will happen, but if I were Bloom at some point, I might have tried to call up Dave Dombrowski and say, hey, you bail us out of Chris Sale, we'll bail you out of Nick Castellanos. And you could hide him at DH if you want. He could play left field. But obviously that ship has sailed because we have um, Justin Turner already going to be our DH at this point, probably play some of the corner infield spots uh, as well. Also, you have uh, Masataki Yoshida. He's not a great defender, so you, you don't want two bad defenders out there. And, um, yeah, Charlie is raring to go here. I got to continue making my case real quick, though. Um, but he's ready to jump in, I can tell. Um, so at this point, I would free up that money. I would absolutely free up that money. Um, you know, the market's kind of picked over. Nathan Avaldi, for instance, is one of the top 
pitchers remaining on the market. So if Heim wants to replace Chris Sale with someone a little bit, you know, more formidable, it would have to come via a trade at this point. But give me a guy who can pitch 25 to 30 starts, somewhat quality innings. I I don't know who that would be at this point, but I I just feel like if we keep Sale, I think it's it's just going to be a predictable outcome. If he makes it out of spring training, if he can stay healthy for four or five spring training starts, he'll be one of the top guys in the rotation. He's going to struggle finishing guys off. His pitch count's going to be up to 80 pitches by the end of the fourth inning. Um, he's His walk rate has gone up quite a bit in, in recent years. And I think it's just going to be an ugly sight until the Red Sox put him in the bullpen and just have him focus on one or two innings at a time and try to salvage his deal that way. I I have no confidence Chris Sale can... Just staying healthy is one mountain. If he can climb that mountain, he's got to climb another one in terms of elevating his performance. He's had two out pitches his whole career. His slider down and in, which he still gets outs with that. And then his fastball up and away. Nobody swings at that anymore because it's not a strike. It took the league four or five years to figure that out. And now they're like, oh, just don't swing at it. And, and that's why, as I said a minute ago, the walk rate has gone up. I'm an extreme pessimist on Chris Sale. And I would trade him. I would hesitate, not a, not even a millisecond. Go ahead, Charlie. Thank you so much. I appreciate you giving me the floor, the opportunity to destroy you. I'm um, just kidding. Um, taking on Chris Sale's contract would be a lesser hindrance than taking on Nick Castellanos, who signed a five-year, $100 million deal. If I'm not mistaken, this would be his second year out of five, which means that we'd be on the hook for $80 million. For someone who went... 3100 for the first time in his career and then completely forgot how to hit in 2022. I want no part of Nick Castellanos. And if we're going to be swapping uglies here and and you know getting that out of the way here and we're getting rid of Chris Sale, you better be giving me something a little bit better than Nick Castellanos. That's not the answer. I'm sorry because we're going to be absorbing a little bit of Chris Sale. Chris Sale's going to be getting I think it's isn't it 27 and a half million each of the next isn't it 55 million for two more years correct crazy right so i would rather take the 27.5 per year knowing full well we're probably going to get maybe half of that value maybe a little bit more 60 percent i'm gonna go two-thirds i'm gonna be super optimistic because i like chris sale um you're right about the pitch you're right about the fact that as long as you don't swing at his, his second out pitch it creates a little bit more difficulty for him but that's not his biggest problem. His biggest problem is staying healthy. That's going to be above all else, his number one thing. Bubble wrap him, I don't care. Do whatever you need to do to make sure he doesn't get injured. I want no part of Nick Castellanos. This guy went from 34, 100, 309 to 1362, 263. He literally lost 50 batting average points, 21 homers, and 38 RBIs off the top. This guy just absolutely lost it. He's 30 years old. I honestly think that Nick Castellanos' contract is going to be one of the ugly ones that Philly's going to do anything they possibly can to get out of. 
they will be sucking up 75% of that contract if they want to dump Nick Castellanos. Absolutely no questions asked. But Chris Sale, we've got to give it the benefit of the doubt. We've been, we're just, we're not good right now. Our rotation is not good. If you get rid of Chris Sale, who's your ace? Nick Pavetta? Brian Bayo? Because I said Brian Bayo was going to be your ace in 2024. I think running him up a year early is going to be not really good for confidence, given the fact that he got absolutely slapped last year. I, I don't want to see it. And it was reassuring and warm, fuzzy feeling when you see Pedro Martinez showing him how to throw new pitches. I still am not there yet. Chris Sale needs to come back in 2023. And if we're going to be moving him, it's going to be probably a deadline move or sometime next year. But there's no way he's getting moved before the season starts. I can't be wrong on that. Real quick, just on um, Castellanos. Charlie always makes me have to defend <laughs> defend my uh, affinity for him. But his drop-off was noticeable because in 2021, he was a silver slugger. And, you know, he hit 309 with a 362 on base, 576 slugging percentage, uh, an OPS of 939. So, I mean, it's reasonable to expect somewhat of a drop-off there. I mean, he did only hit uh, about well, less than half uh, as many home runs, only 13, uh, 62 batted in. He's 30 years old. I think, you know, it's reasonable to expect that, you know, he'll, he'll bounce back. And I think as a DH, I, I think focusing on just his hitting, uh, you know, would would help that you know he's a he's a terrible defender I can't I can't uh, argue that but um but I I just feel like at at 30 you got four more years remaining takes him through his age 34 season that's exactly how old JD Martinez is right now um I just I don't think it's it's a really high risk I think keeping Chris Sale and expecting him to be, you know, a, a top of the rotation pitcher, even if that means he's a number two at this point or a 2.5 even, I just think that's it's far less likely. I, I view Castellanos as the, as the lesser risk. But having said that, I mean, it's not going to happen, like I said, because we have Yoshida now. We have Justin Turner. Um, and I've got, I've got tons of concerns about Yoshida for, you know, this guy's never done it. He's never been attacked with MLB analytics. These pitchers are going to be armed with so much more info and data than the, the Japanese pitchers he was facing. So, um, lots of concerns there. Nick, do you want to weigh in on any of this or? Yeah, so I look at Castellanos as kind of like a J.D. Martinez type. I think it's a – not now. I'm saying go back a few years here and see if Castellanos can have a bounce back year. You know, J.D., when he was with the Astros and everything, he was horrible. He was horrible. The Tigers ended up taking a hope and a prayer, and he rejuvenated his career. I'm not saying he's going to be J.D. Martinez, but – if I'm the Phillies, if I'm an owner or, or a GM, I'm sure hoping that he could have something to bounce back like J.D. Um, the whole thing that you brought up, Terry, for your point with Sale, 
going to the bullpen, that might not be the, the worst case scenario because you'd only have to deal with him for an inning or two. I also have concerns, much like you, with how he's going to be health-wise. Is he going to be throwing 100 pitches after four innings? You can't have that. You need somebody who's going to be stabilizing that rotation. And you're counting on sale right now being your ace. And I am nervous as all hell even saying that right now. Uh, Chris Sale has a uh, full no trade clause. So if the Red Sox have a trade package lined up and he decides he wants to stay in Boston, Chris Sale can then veto that trade if he so desires. Do you guys, uh, starting with Charlie, expect that could be an obstacle? I, God, it, it, I certainly hope not because uh, I, I'm still in, in the realm of not wanting him to go anywhere. I want him to stay. And it, it, it could become an obstacle if the team that wants him is team he just doesn't want to go to, obviously. But I'm, I'm really hoping that he wants to, quote, earn his money and really pitch for a team that cares about baseball, even though it may not seem like our ownership does right now. I mean, he came here for a reason. He helped win a World Series as a member of the Boston Red Sox. I'm hoping that a couple years later, still has that fire, that tenacity, to try to get back to where he was. I, I, I can't believe that he's going to just quit. He doesn't strike me as that type of guy. So I'm hoping that he can right the ship and stay on this team because... Yeah, that no trade clause will mess things up. Um, but I, I don't want it to get to that point. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, I am a little nervous on the trade clause. And the reason I am is because we've seen the mass exodus of all these players that were associated with the championship team. I mean, you got Ryan Brazier, Matt Barnes, Devers. I think there's only a couple others that you can name that are still a part of this team. Truth be told... And I don't like to speculate that much, but I don't think these players wanted to play on this team last year. And I think we're seeing a carryover effect that had to do with Bogarts leaving, J.D. leaving, all these other players leaving. I don't even feel halfway, halfway confident with saying that Avaldi or Waka is coming back right now. The other person that I'm concerned with here is what the future is going to look like with Alex Cora. How long is Alex Cora going to sit through this right now and say to himself, what am I doing? Why am I the manager of this team if this is the product they're going to hand over to me? So I'm nervous about the player morale, most importantly right now about this team moving forward, because I don't think it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood right now. Well, real quick, as, as far as the... Um no trade clause goes. I don't think it would be an issue. I think if the Red Sox went to Chris Sale and, you know, was candid with him and said, listen, we do have a trade package lined up for you. Um, I think Sale would be open to, to leaving because I think as much as the Red Sox need, you know, some fresh faces in that rotation, I think Sale himself would... Um, I think he could use a change of scenery himself. He's seen the the lunacy that this Boston fan base, you know, can can bring 
when, when things aren't going well. And um, I just feel like a, a fresh start would take all the pressure off of him. And the one good thing about having a no trade clause is he can leverage which team he goes to. If, you know, if he doesn't like a certain team, he'll be like, no, I'm going to veto that one. But if you talk to this team or that team, maybe I'll be open to going there. So he's got a lot of leverage and I don't think he, he would mind a change in scenery. Um, I just, you know, and I took a, a Twitter poll and uh, on this. I've been doing those a lot lately, and um, we we get a you know usually a few thousand votes, and it was actually pretty close. It was fifty five percent in favor of trading Chris Sale. Forty five percent said they would rather keep him. So, you know, that's basically a coin flip, really. Um, so we'll we'll see how it develops. I'm I'm all for it, as you guys know. Um, I'm curious to see, uh, you know, how the audience feels about it. Well, let me ask this question. Assume he doesn't get traded. You guys get your way on this and he stays. Who's going to have the better year? James Paxton or Chris Sale? Is that really a question? <laughs> it is. <man. laughs> I mean, I guess it is now at Fenway. And being a Red Sox fan, I'm still going Chris Hill. Chris Hill is a far superior pitcher than James Paxton. But you, you got to factor it, it, in durability and if the wind blows wh- the wrong way, which one's going to you're right. the injured list. How many innings did Paxton pitch last year? I forgot. Zero. Oh, that's right. All right. <laughs> to five, Chris Sale was at like five and two thirds for Chris Sale. No. Yep. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's so bad. I, it's sad that we have to come to that. No, exactly. But the other thing here is who has the pedigree and who's been a pretender basically his entire career. You have someone that's hit 300 strikeouts more than, you know, as a member of the Red Sox, you have a guy that has the capability of winning 20 games a season. You have a guy that has the capability of getting a no hitter. You have a guy that has a World Series title versus a guy who has no 300 strikeout seasons, no 21 seasons, no 250 plus inning seasons, no World Series title. I don't know how anybody in their right mind, while we can explore this and entertain this, I don't know anyone in their right mind could say, yeah, Paxton, I'll give him the nod over Chris Sale. There's absolutely no way. Gun to my head, gun to your head. I'm putting your vote in too. Chris Sale will have a better season than James Paxton. Go ahead. Uh, I don't want to get shot, so I'm going to say Chris Sale. <laughs> um, I, again, based on Charlie's points and everything too, it's you have to go with the proven track record. And James Paxton, I'm first of all stunned that he's back after they pretty much declined his option and they got a bargain to keep this guy. I don't even know if he's going to even step on the mound. I don't. No one does. Was he in witness protection program? He could be. I have no idea. But I have to still go with Chris Sale. Whether he gives you one pitch in 2023, 
I'll take the over on Chris Sale any day of the week over Paxton. I again, I don't, I don't even feel like he's going to pitch next year. Well, we'll have a pretty good idea of that in the coming weeks because they'll, you know, we'll find out what their workout situations are. Paxton, real quick, uh, did pitch 160 innings. Uh, that was a career high in 2018. Pitched 10 innings less than that in 2019. He's never had an ERA over uh, 390. Or, yeah, 390. And that, that that was the worst year of his career, um, which would be the greatest ever for a few guys on the Red Sox rotation. Uh, Absolutely. N- namely, Nick Pavetta. Um, but so I think... I think James Paxton, I would bet on him to pitch more innings than Chris Sale. I really believe that. You want to do a bottle of wine on this? Sure. Yeah. All right. For Al Nahigian, I'm I'm still waiting on my bottle. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm down to put I don't bet money, but I'll bet a bottle of wine. Yeah. Um, that's fine. I'll throw it in the fire too. Why not? All right. We'll do the um, same. James Paxson has one win in three seasons. Chris Sale is eleven in the last four. If if we want to if we want to throw like uh, hats into this one, Paxson has never had more than one hundred sixty innings pitched. He's never once outside of that one year had more than two hundred strikeouts. Meanwhile, Chris Sale has four or five years in a row of two hundred plus, two with two seventy or more. One with 300 or more. I just, I think James Paxton is a, a, an 80 year old man moonlighting as a baseball player. Like I feel that James Paxton will sneeze, break three ribs and be done for the season. And then I'm going to get a really sweet bottle of wine out of it from both of you. But I I don't want to get the bottle of wine that way. I want to earn it. I want it to be September when someone just like, ah, damn it, by three innings. I don't want it to be by like 80 or 90 or 100. James Paxton, if he's healthy, sure, can probably go between 100 and 150 innings. I don't think he's going to pitch 150 innings That's a huge win if that happens, but... Huge win. But Chris Sale has proven that he can pitch 150 innings. Literally, that's five innings for 30 starts. Well, I mean, he hasn't done that since 2019. And I get it. He, here's I the thing. It. Like that Chris Sale is never coming back. He's he, that's that's a memory at this point. What hinges on Chris Sale reaching 150 innings is whether or not he can reinvent himself. And he Agreed. hasn't he hasn't figured that out yet. It he was well on his way to being the same old Chris Sale. Uh, and in that very brief sample size he showed us in 2022, he had five okay innings and then he went to the Bronx. I think he got two outs in that inning. He had given up one or two runs already and, or maybe, maybe those were to come that he was charged with, but he had runners on base and he was going the wrong way fast. Like this was the same Chris sale that, that was struggling to find it, you know, in, in 2019 and um, at the tail end of, of 2021, like he got yanked from that Nationals game in the second inning, you know. So I just th- that's that's where my pessimism with, with Chris Sale arises. And, and that's why I'm willing to 
I'm willing to pedal him. If he ends up being a top 10 Cy Young with the Cardinals or whoever acquires him, okay, I'll wear it. <laughs> That's fine. But I just... I had I had a bigger fear that we were going to look it was going to be embarrassing that Ben Intendi was going to have this resurgence like that that would have been hard for me like oh man we had him and we lost faith in him and we didn't we didn't stick it out and that that would have been painful for me if Sale figures it out in another organization hey so be it So, all right, uh, any final thoughts before we move over here? <clears throat> We're good. good. Okay. The other uh, big story going on right now, as I said in the intro, Carlos Correa. Initially, he had a 13-year, $350 million deal with the Giants. They had some concerns with his physical. The deal fizzled. And before it was even announced that the deal was completely off, in the middle of the night, whatever night that was, uh, a week, week and a half ago, he had signed with the Mets for basically one year less than that. It was basically similar AAV, just one year less. It was 12 years, $315 million. Well, come to find out a few days ago, the Mets have some really serious concerns about a, a leg injury that he had in 2014, and, and apparently there's there's a lot of concerns that this could be a problem later on in his career. I did a little bit of a deep dive to try to connect all the dots here. This is what happened. 2014, I want to say it was in the minors. Don't quote me on that. Uh, Correa slid hard into third base and uh, did enough damage to his knee that they actually had to uh, insert a steel plate. So he's got a metal plate in his knee. Um, if you get into the hardcore analytics, I don't, it's hard for me to determine how serious this is, but Correa hasn't, he's basically from then on, he gave up on stealing bases. He makes no attempts to really, steel bases outside of a, a defensive indifference type situation. So his base stealing was done after that. And notably, his sprint speed has fallen off at apparently an alarming clip. Now, a, a MLB player from age 22 to age 30, they might lose a half a foot per second. Most of them are, are running at a 28 or 29 uh, yeah, uh, feet per second clip. That's, that's how fast they run. And over the course of that eight-year period that I was just talking about, age 22 to age 30, the average player is going to lose about a half a foot per second. That, that's about the fall off. Carlos Correa has lost 1.8 feet per second from age 22 to age 30, apparently that's a big deal. I mean, looking at it on paper, I, I don't know if it's a big deal or not, but according to some analytics departments, it's a big deal. Another interesting thing I found out, uh, apparently this news was, <laughs> I was probably the last to, to figure out this little tidbit, but when the deal was off with the Giants, the Mets weren't even the first call Scott Boris made. 
he wanted to try to open things back up with the twins and see if they could work something out. Because apparently the twins offered Correa somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 years, $285 million. So it was a pretty serious offer. Like they gave it their best shot. So Boris uh, initially called them to try to work it out. But the twins wanted to know, well, what happened in San Francisco? What do they know that we didn't know? And then from there, he ends up with the Mets. Now, both sides are pretty quiet. As of recording this, and it's 10.44 p.m. on Monday night, uh, this very minute, um, both sides are quiet. So, Charlie, go ahead. What are your thoughts on it? How do you think it's going to play out? Well, I love this for so many reasons. One, not a fan of Carlos Correa. Two, when I got razzed and hate messages on Twitter for saying, put your goddamn seatbelts on, kids. He has never hit 30 home runs. He has only once eclipsed, uh, eclipsed I think, 95 uh, RBIs. He's never had 100. He's only once hit 300. He is not worth 300. I think I said he is not a $200 million player. He's not a $300 million player. And you idiots, you Muppets, you pieces of you know what. On I've been Twitter. Saying it for, on Twitter, just so we're clear. <laughs> uh-huh. On Twitter. All those morons that sent me hate messages and really inappropriate DMs, really inappropriate. You guys are idiots. First off, I don't buy this 2014 injury. There's something else going on. Is it a heart issue? Is it something with an organ issue? I have no idea. But there's clearly something wrong with this man to the point where San Francisco balked at you. Steve Cohen flew you on a private jet to New York for another physical, and you failed that too. And Steve Cohen is literally saying, do you want to come play for me? All right, cool. I'll, give you, I'll overpay for you. Do you want to come? All right, I'll overpay for you too. You too? Sure. You get a car, you get a, it's like Oprah. Steve Cohen is Oprah of baseball. You want to play for us? Sure. You want to play for us? Sure. Carlos Correa did not get the same deal. So whatever happened in that physical behind closed doors has got to be monumentally awful to the point that New York is even saying, this one's too hot. Even we don't know if we want to touch this one. I think what's going to end up happening is Carlos Correa is going to sign a two-year $65 million deal with an opt-out after year one. He'll probably end up going to another team, not New York. If everyone, you know, wins here, he'll have another bad year. He will not be able, he'll opt in for the second or third year, whatever it is of that deal. And then after that contract is over, he's going to be paying for million dollar deals. This is somebody who probably will not be playing shortstop anymore either. As great as his defense is, if you can't stay healthy and you can't play short, Shouldn't get paid like a shortstop. It's just not going to happen. doesn't make any sense. But I love that this happened to a former Houston Astro, and I love that this happened to the player that I literally said was not worth the money. If I had the choice between Carlos Correa or Xander Bogarts, that was option one. Carlos Correa, Trey Turner, that was option two. Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson. Carlos Correa didn't win any of those arguments. I did not want Carlos Correa. And guess what? Neither do the Giants. It looks like neither do the Mets but they're trying really hard to save face and make it look like they want him. 
even though in 24 hours time it went 315 for 12 years taking 35 less million in a year off the top the aav to, to, to terry's credit went from 26.92 to 26.25 like a, a hair under 700,000 per year in average annual value to we're really hoping that we can sign him but we're not sure that is an awful vote of confidence it's the first time in major league baseball it's ever happened that a player has signed a 300 million dollar deal not signed signed another 300 million dollar deal still not signed it's absolutely mind blowing that this guy is going to be getting less money less money than Alex Rodriguez got when he signed the 10 to 10 year 275 million dollar deal with the Yankees let that one sink in too for a second because that was 27.5 annual F. So say what you want, but I think this is karma and a little bit of bad luck. Carlos Correa will be the shortstop that he once was. This guy hasn't stolen a base in three years. To Terry's point, he's not able to, to keep the speed up. I'll be shocked if he steals another base in his career. I'll be shocked if he's a shortstop in three years. Well, Charlie, just real quick, he would be playing uh, third base for the Mets if it if it works out. If it's New York, because Francisco Lindor is at short, but right. if it's another team, I don't think he's going to play third base. Well, I think he could. Correct. And that's where I'm coming from 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 that perspective, because Steve Cohen has already said we already have a shortstop. You're going to play third. Okay. Go ahead, Nick. Steve Cohen and Santa Claus. They got a lot in common. It's like the gifts that keep on giving. So. Kind of to echo what Charlie was saying right there. If Cohen, who is pretty much ba backing up the Brinks truck for all these guys, come to me, come to me, come, come on, come. I have everything you want. Here's all the money in the world. And if they're saying that they can't even make this work, red flags big time across across the entire league on Carlos Correa. I also agree too, Charlie, on your point. I don't think this is a 2014 uh, injury. I think this has something more to do with something he's going through health-wise that's being very hush-hush that nobody wants to really say much about. But I don't I don't believe that this is fully from the 2014 injury from when he was in the minor leagues with the metal knee and all that jazz. Also, to the same point, Carlos Correa was nowhere near anyone I wanted to replace if Xander Bogarts was leaving Boston. My hierarchy was Xander then um who was the second guy that was there that signed uh Trey Turner excuse me then it was Dansby then it was Correa I just looked at Correa and he's just corrupt what, going back to the 2017 Astros and everything I never was the fan of his I never understood the hype I think he's one of the most overrated players in the game he's never again won uh you know batting titles hasn't hit over 30 home runs hasn't hit over 100 RBIs and teams want to pay him that much money for that many question marks to a player. Teams should be ashamed of themselves. So real quick on Correa, I think he is healthy at the moment. I really believe that. I mean, he had a 5.4 war in 2022. Very healthy. That's probably top 12 or 14 at the very worst in the league. Maybe even better than that. Um he had a uh, a defensive war of 1.1, uh, you know, not super great, but he is a better than average uh, defender still at this point. And 
if he remains with the Mets, I, I think that number would rise a little bit more as as a third baseman. So I just this is unprecedented. We've never seen two mega deals get pulled back. We've never even seen one. I don't think. I know Mike Napoli had an issue with his hips, but you know that's that was a super short term deal. Go ahead, Charlie. There, there was one mega deal that was pulled, but it wasn't for medical. Now A Rod coming to Boston for eight minutes. Oh, okay. He had a deal set in place. It was absorbing that deal, but because of the willing to take less money, the MLBPA said, "No, we're not doing that. Like that's not okay." But as far as medical is concerned, Terry, you are correct. Nothing like this has ever happened. It's unprecedented. Yeah. So. I mean, so I'm not sure what the deal is. And I also forgot to mention earlier, uh, Correa did uh, miss some games this year. Let's see. So he played 136. So that, that's still a pretty healthy amount. So he missed uh, possibly 28 games. But even on top of that, I mean, he probably would have had 10 days off throughout the year. Uh, 20 if Alex Cora is the manager. But um but he did the the time he missed was was because he had a hard slide into second base and um he spoke after the game that he felt his plate vibrate on on the play so it's not like he's been hush hush about his previous injury or the fact that he has a plate in his knee so I'm just taking it for what it is. I'm not a doctor. I don't know if I would have the same concern. I mean, I'm not, I didn't want to sign Xander Bogarts for, for eight years. So definitely I'd be pissed if, if I ended up with Carlos Correa for 12, but I just don't know how catastrophic this is. It, it, are they concerned he might have an injury in the future that he can't recover from? You know, Dustin Pedroia had his issues were with soft tissue around his knee. Uh, his wasn't, you know, structural concerns like uh, Correa is dealing with. So, I mean, if the worst case is they might lose him for the remainder of a season because he needs surgery again, I don't see what the big deal is if they wanted him to begin with. Like, there, there's been no red flags whatsoever in the last few years as far as performance goes. Go ahead, Nick. I was going to say, um, all this commotion that's come about with Correa and everything kind of got me thinking about what are teams actually getting when they sign a player with the medical reports? I don't understand why this is just coming out now. Like, oh yeah, here's the contract. Let's sign it. Wait, hold on. We found something here. Some something fishy's going on with that, at least in my opinion. Well, that that's what Charlie was saying. You know, maybe it's cardiac related, but I, we I can only go myself with what I'm seeing. You know, as far as stats, and there's nothing to suggest that something something's going on, really. <laughs> so, not sure. So. Uh, any other thoughts before we wrap? Nathan Avaldi is connected to the Padres and the Angels. He he, that sounds like an Angel signing. You know, 
Nathan Avaldi. Sign a guy that's super that. high risk and get burnt. But I just think they still have lots of work to do. I don't think anybody has the answers to the puzzle on what's coming next. It's been such a unpredictable, uneventful, not a very happy time in Red Sox Nation. You know, being here in Boston, the Red Sox, and you say, oh, yeah, I'm a Red Sox fan. They laugh at you down the street now. Like, it's it's sad. It's sad. I haven't worn my Red Sox hat or, or sweatshirt. I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. <laughs> So I I am just I, I want to be optimistic. I want to be hopeful. I want to see what else happens in the trade market. I feel there's there's more to be had. I still feel this it can't be the team that they're gonna go into 2023 with. They can't be. And if it is, boy, we're 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 in for a long run. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 with Nick on that one. If if that's gonna be the team that we're gonna be putting together, then it's gonna be Really, and I don't want to be a part of watching that uh, day in and day out. I'd rather chew glass. Not really. Don't don't do that, guys. Um, <clears throat> there's got to be some some positive signs here because while you can say yes, we signed a closer, we got a reliever, and we got Justin Turner, that's not enough. You lost Sander. You lost JD Martinez. You lost two bats. You got one. Uh, your bat that you replace those two with is 38 years old. And while he can play corner infield spots, I don't think Turner plays the outfield. Uh, it's good news for Rafa Devers to not have to play third base all the time. Spells him once in a while. But the rotation is, you know, to the next point, going to be something that we're going to have to be mindful of and something we're going to have to continue to to monitor for a little while. So, fingers crossed. You know, it's been a brutal run, you know, for this podcast. 2019, none of you guys were here, but that wasn't a fun season. Um, 2020, obviously. That was just a crappy year for everyone, regardless. 2021 was a very uncomfortable roller coaster ride, and we were lucky to have a nice hot week and a half in October to to give the illusion that we might win a world series. And then of course, 2022. So I just, we, we desperately need a good year. And I don't think for a guy like Hein Bloom, who's on the hot seat, I, I don't know that. I don't know that he kind of answered the call and, uh, put himself in a good position to, to keep his job beyond 2023. I just, so we could be in another brutal season. We'll see. So, all right, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap. We'll try to come back maybe midweek if uh, anything else develops. Um, But uh, if not, certainly no later than uh, probably, Sunday night. So uh, everybody, uh, hopefully you had a good holiday. Hopefully Santa was nice to you, and uh, just gotta just gotta finish out this one last week for 2022, and uh, we'll turn the page to 2023. Take care. <laughs>